All right. Things got uh, pretty heated yesterday um, at the uh, Board of Health meeting at City Hall, where they were ta- making recommendations about a strategy to combat anti-vaccination in the city of Toronto. And here's a little uh, listen to what went down. I stand here before you today as a mother and also a former nurse to tell you that serious vaccine reactions are not just one in a million, as many people are led to believe. I am here to defend our right to informed consent, a parent's right to make medical decisions for our children and bodily sovereignty. My wife, Margaret, and I do this in the name of our vaccine-injured son, Mark, who received three hepatitis B vaccines in grade 7. His normal brain function was compromised, shattering all our lives forever. As a baby, my parents took me to the doctor and had me vaccinated at two, four, and six months. I suffered seizures after each dose and had full body muscle spasms that would last for hours. I understand there are people that have experienced lasting effects from contracting certain illnesses, and I'm not here to say that their pain isn't worth hearing. However, why is their life and well-being valued more than those of us who have experienced injury or death from a vaccine? All right. Well, uh, wow, that's uh, uh, quite uh, interesting audio to say the very least about that. And those are people that are anti-vaxxers. Uh, they, some of them were crying out genocide as the city approved plans to encourage more parents to get their kids vaccinated. But exactly what was said here to talk about it, Dr. Vanita, Vanita Dubay. She's associate medical officer of health for uh, the city of Toronto. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to have you here in person. So what exactly was said? Because It's slightly confusing. Right. So we were reporting to the board on a strategy to address vaccine hesitancy, and we made a number of recommendations to the Board of Health, one of which was to ask the Ministry of Health to consider removing philosophical and religious exemptions. But there were a number of other recommendations, some to the federal government, some to social media platforms, for example. So nothing is set in stone. We're talking about recommendations. And we're asking the ministry to consider removing exemptions. And we did this deliberately because we want to start having a conversation on when in Toronto and when in Ontario do we need to consider that our philosophical and religious exemption rate is too high and we will end up with outbreaks of diseases, as has been seen in the U.S., for example. And we know for in, in Toronto that our rates have been climbing. It's been a slow and steady increase. So in 2006, our rates were 0.8%, and now our philosophical and religious exemption rate is 1.7%. And we have to start having the conversation, at what point is the rate too high, where we'll end up with pockets of unimmunized individuals, and we'll end up with outbreaks of measles. And herd immunity is uh, when we are at what percentage of people immune? Well, for measles, we need herd immunity of about 95%. And we know right now in Toronto schools that 94% of students are immunized against measles. And so we're doing pretty good right now. But if we see that percentage starting to decline, we will be in trouble. We will get outbreaks. So a lot of the voices, I mean, they seemed to be, you think of anti-vaxxers, and I think immediately people think, like, they're out to lunch, some of them, misinformed. They've been watching uh, too much Jenny McCarthy. They've been following Gwyneth Paltrow too closely. They've been misinformed. The people that we just heard from seemed like very reasonable people. I think every parent is trying to make the right choice for their child. And what the report speaks to is actually those who are vaccine hesitant. 
So we recognize in the report that less than 5% of parents are what we would typically call anti-vaccine. They've made up their mind not to get vaccines, and there's very little you can do to change their mind. But the report is actually geared at those 20% of parents in Canada who we know are sitting on the fence. They've heard enough misinformation about vaccines, but they've heard enough good information about vaccines that they're just not sure. And we want to make sure that those 20% of parents continue to choose vaccination. What do you say to parents who say, I'll do what I want for my kid, you do what you want? Every parent has a choice and makes choices for their children. It's informed choices that they make. And uh, However, when it comes to vaccines and when it comes to infectious diseases, if you get measles, you're not just a risk to yourself. Because measles is spread in the air, by my sitting in this room with you, you've already exposed me to measles and I can get measles if I'm not immune. And so that's why infectious diseases are different, because you put your community at risk. You put those who are vulnerable and can't be protected at risk. For the record, I have been vaccinated for measles. (laughs) Smallpox is another thing, though. was apparently eradicated. Right. Doctor was like, no, you don't need it. That's a worry for me. Well, I think that's the other point is that we, we, we offer vaccinations that are necessary right. and when there's an ongoing risk. And there is no ongoing risk for smallpox, which is why we're not vaccinating against that. But polio is still available in the world. Measles still comes to Toronto. We have an average of five cases a year uh, in Toronto. And if we don't have high herd immunity, we will get outbreaks. There is a concept that I was reading about in a um, New York Times um a piece about vaccine hesitancy and it's called ambiguity ambiguity aversion rather and it's about parents and how they'd like to be told that vaccines are 100 percent safe it, that's impossible to do isn't it that's right and we're we don't ever say that vaccines are 100 percent safe just like med- no medical intervention is 100 percent safe there always are inherent risks but what we do know is that the risks of vaccination are rare, one in a million, or even, you know, less often than that. And the benefits of vaccination far outweigh the risks. That is what we say, and we know that based on science, but we don't in any way want a parent to to feel that vaccines are not without risk. And one of our recommendations was actually for a vaccine injury compensation program, because we know that Mm. this is the idea of having a no-fault program, where if you were that one in a million that got one of those rare side effects from vaccination knowing that you get vaccinated to protect yourself and protect your community, we as a community should be able to provide you with some extra funds to be able to get rehabilitation to get better. And so that's part of ensuring that there's vaccine safety and maintaining informed consent. Was that one of the recommendations? That That was one of the recommendations in the report. So we're uh, talking about um, when religious and philosophical exemptions should be... not considered anymore as a reason to not get vaccinated. We're talking about the uh, compensation if something does happen. What else did you recommend? We made a number of recommendations to the Ministry of Health. Uh, We need a good immunization registry, for example. Right now, it's up to parents to report their child's vaccination record to Toronto Public Health. And there are many parents who get extremely frustrated by this process because they feel like doctors should let us know as soon as they're vaccinated. And we agree with that. And we're asking, for example, for better technology that way. One of the recommendations is to uh, search engines and social media platforms that they have started to recognize that they've played an important role in spreading misinformation. And so we've made a recommendation that they continue to pursue providing accurate information on vaccines, for example. Is there any chance that this is going to come up during the federal election? Is it a big enough issue or should it be? 
Ontario is one of three provinces that have legislation for vaccination for school entry. The other provinces don't have legislation. Um, and so it's not necessarily a federal issue right now, but vaccine hesitancy 100% is a federal issue. And so we have to start talking about how we will make sure we maintain our high vaccination rates in the country. Now, you said we, we um, have an exemption in school uh, here in Ontario. Can you still uh, say I don't want on to get my child vaccinated on religious or philosophical uh, for, for religious or philosophical reasons? That process is still currently in place. Yes, okay. that, that process has not been removed. It's not going to be removed this year and not next year. And so parents can still get a philosophical and religious exemption. But what we're asking parents to do, though, is to have the conversation with their health care provider. We know that when they come to their health care provider, even if it's through repeated visits and ask their questions there to a trusted, their trusted physician or nurse practitioner and keep going back, asking them the questions. Go to reputable websites to be able to get the information. We know that parents actually choose vaccination more often than not. How problematic is it that we have got a, a cash-strap medical system and a lot of people don't even have family doctors that uh, they can go to when it comes to, you know, you saying, you know, lean on your family doctor, go back to your family doctor, and, and they can just go on the Internet and search things out 24-7? I think we have to balance what people are doing and what resources are available, definitely. But pediatricians and family doctors are more than willing to have this conversation. The Ontario Medical Association was present at the meeting yesterday and is encouraging um, patients to go to their doctors and to have this conversation with them. So despite the resources that we have, having that conversation is actually a good use of funds because more often than not, that child will get the health care they need, which includes vaccination. Do you feel supported by this government, by the province right now? Right now, we have good legislation in place for vaccinations, but I we have to actually keep looking to the future and be able to use the examples of our U.S. counterparts about what's going on in Europe and actually get ahead of the curve. We are in public health. We focus on prevention. And rather than waiting for the outbreak to happen, waiting for people to die in Toronto because of measles, we need to actually act in advance. That's your job. That's my job. And and that's why sometimes it's about having difficult conversations with the public. But we need to start now. Do we have to start thinking more uh, at large as a, as a community and less uh, as this little microcosm within our own, you know, homes? That's one of the key features about vaccinations is that you're actually looking after the community. You're looking after that infant who was just born, who has, is actually not old enough to get the vaccine. Or, you know, that, that child who has an immune compromising condition. Maybe they have chemo, or they're on chemotherapy and they can't get vaccinated. We're looking at protecting those individuals as well. Dr. Dubay, it's been a pleasure having you in. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for the conversation. I appreciate your time.